Welcome to show 12 of the Cloth Diver Podcast. Today's episode, I am joined by Stephanie from Snap Easy. She is a mama entrepreneur for a cloth diaper brand, a long established brand based out of Washington State that is making cloth diapers after toddlerhood. So we're talking about diapers for kids bigger than 40 pounds and we're going all the way into like a size 50 inch waist. You're going to want to listen to today's podcast if you want to talk to a homeschooling mama, if you want to know more about that type of industry, or just because you're passionate about cloth diapering. The Cloth Diaper Podcast is a weekly podcast dedicated to everything cloth diaper. We interview mamas, brands, and retailers from around the world every week. The Cloth Diaper Podcast show notes can be found at clothdiaperpodcast.com, and you can find us on the web at Cloth Diaper Podcast on Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also join our new Facebook group, Cloth Diaper Addicts, to chat everything cloth diaper. All right, guys, I have had a cold this week. You won't know and you won't hear it in my interview with Stephanie because I was better. But this morning, as this podcast airs, I have a new exciting guest and you'll probably hear that I have a sniffle and a cough and I'm so sorry. That is just October, isn't it? I hope that everybody else is well. I'm really excited for today's guest. Stephanie had a lot of information to share. It's definitely mostly her talking and less me talking, but she is going to share about her brand, Snap Easy, which is making cloth diapers for all sizes and shapes and all abilities. Today's episode is really cool, even if you're not into extended size cloth diapering, because Stephanie is a passionate mama entrepreneur, and it is amazing to hear her story and her adventure in the cloth diaper business and industry. So if you are interested in that, or you might maybe know somebody, or you might have a connection, and this might be the episode that really can help her and help you and help your friends and help the earth and help all of these different things. So stay posted. Um, Stephanie just had elbow surgery a couple weeks ago, so that's where we're gonna jump right into. Thanks. So how's your elbow? It's it's healing. It'll take like six months, they say, before the pain's gone. So it's, you know, it's the same pain as it was before surgery. So I guess that's okay. It's functional. It, it makes it hard to not use it because I've been using it that way for like a year and a half. So it's hard to not use it because it's supposed to be healing. And I'm totally pronouncing it wrong. It's not snap easy 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 snappies it's not snappies it's snap easy like e-a-s-y anyways she'll go over that with you so it's snap easy which and i will tell you the the backstory i know it was started almost 15 years ago kind of at the beginning of the new the new round of cloth diapers being popular and i i took over from someone who is now a neighbor she was not a neighbor when I started working for her, but um, she started just out of desperation of needing a product for her kids and not having the funds, but she knew how to sew, so she made them. <laughs> um, and it was named Snap Easy, because at the time, 
diapers were made with pins and, you know, diaper pins or people were doing Velcro. And so snapping them became an easier solution. So it was snap easy. I sewed for her about 10 years ago when my oldest was a baby. I, I was one of her seamstresses. And then life moved us around, just around the county, not far, but we did other things and I was far enough away that I didn't sew for her. And then we bought a house that happens to be like three quarters of a mile down the road from her on the same street. And so I started sewing for her again. And over the course of like about two years after we moved back up here, she realized I had a little more interest in the business than she did. She was just kind of done. She has... 13 children, nine of which are still at home, and two with special needs that needed more care than she was able to give as a home. As a So we took it over, and when I took over, I actually dropped the original part of her business was was obviously baby cloth diapers, but I I did all of the, sh- most of the shipping for her for like the previous year, year and a half, pull all the orders and ship stuff, and I realized that all of the infant and baby and toddler stuff generally wasn't moving because there are so many great cloth diaper businesses out there that are focusing on baby and children because that's the majority of what people think of with diapers Mm -hmm. is baby and children. That's who uses diapers. However, there's also a huge market out there of people that are either larger than your average child that's potty training. Like my kids, I have large children that don't fit into average size diapers even when they are potty training. And then you get into, you know, people with disabilities or people that will potty train but not at two or three or four years old they're going to be six or seven depending on their disability or their you know cognitive abilities some of it's just you know kids with autism tend to potty train a little bit later kids with down syndrome you know they will potty train but not at that at the general normal age range does that make sense and then we also have the elderly and everybody in between that has the the hidden you know incontinence issues that nobody thinks about that have those needs so I dropped most of the kids' stuff. I started about a size 2T, mostly because there's a lot of waste in fabric when you cut stuff, and I, it kills me to throw it away. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to make them, and, we, and I'm still pushing them and use them, and I do sell them, but but our our number one sizes are really like the adult large and extra large. <laughs> and then there are a few. I've, I have a, a few newer customers that the, their kids outgrew the cloth, standard cloth size diaper or cloth diapers and and found me and are so grateful that they're able to just continue on, you know, and move right up to scale until their, you know, kids get to adult size. Cause they, one in particular has a, a daughter that will most likely never potty train. She just has high, high disabilities. And so that's her life. And that, then that's great that we can meet those needs. So. <laughs> you guys are making then a full range of cloth diapers full size range what is yes starting at 2t and then technically there's like four different products the smallest one size is we call it a child medium or there's also a multi-size toddler which those ones do snap down to where if you have a really chubby baby you could probably get it into like a one between one and two year old depending on the size um up to my youngest is my skinniest so he was like the end of potty training at about two and a half and still fit into the multi-size toddler. So there's that. And then our child medium is our, our potty training style diaper that has, has the fold over elastic like you define on underwear. Um, so it makes them easier to pull up and down, but they still snap on and off. Um, so those are kind of more of a pull up style, the potty training ones. And then they come in either a pocket version or an all in one for the, for the, the briefs. So we call them briefs and the adult sizes, training pants and the smaller sizes. Cause 
because adults don't need training pants. So the smallest ones, we call it a child medium or a multi-sized toddler. We, we tend to stay away from kind of the, the 2T because again, most people we recommend they measure and not base it off of sizes because especially hips and thighs are so different on people. It's not like a t-shirt that you can kind of just get a general size and throw it on. <laughs> and to avoid leaks, you want something that's going to fit the thighs and fit the waist pretty well. So anyhow, it starts there and goes up to an adult extra large, um, which is like a an average like 42 to 44 inch waist and then we also do I make kind of a mod I call it a modified 2x for adults we call them snap extenders which is just that you you can snap in it's just a, like a square panel with extra rows of snaps so that so you can add sizes in the hips you know between the the hip and thigh or whatever so it's not going to add anything to the rise and we have those for all size diapers so if your kid's outgrowing the multi-size toddler but you just want to make it last a little bit longer because they're almost potty trained you know all the way up so our modified 2x is basically an xl with the snap extender already attached so you have less bulk of adding in the extender so we do really go up to almost almost i think that'll hit like almost a size 50 inch waist which for most people that think cloth diapers think oh my word it's huge but i do actually get people that say you know in the disposable world of adult diapers that really doesn't fit very many people <laughs> like okay <laughs> so it is it's it, that's what our number one probably i mean i don't keep that kind of track because we sell a lot but the, i would say our regularized extra large is probably the most commonly sold one for a lot of people well, what was yeah. your most popular product and so say the regular we have regular rise and low rise which is kind of self-explanatory. The regular rise is better for like people that might be wheelchair bound or, you know, for bedtime because it's going to have higher coverage on the waist. The low rise is better for hiding the product. So you don't want people to know you're wearing a diaper. Um, so it fits better under jeans and things like that. So the regular rise is our most popular one. I would say like in the large and extra large range, that's my, what I see sell most often when I'm shipping. Who's your target? Like who's buying? Like what's for what purpose? Are we talking mostly adults with disabilities? Or so many. Our, the larger sizes I would say are mostly for generally adults with, just with, with general incontinence. I know I have a couple that are ordering obviously for other people, whether it's a family member, they're ordering, you know, for a, a parent. I know I have a, a newer customer that's ordering for her mom that has, you know, like memory problems. As you know, she's getting older and just needs help with that so she's ordering so anyhow all that to say my my knowledge base is based on their customer name not on who's actually using it but we do have a couple of people that are um, actually reps for me right now through instagram one of them is an um i actually don't know how old he is based on looking at him i would guess you know maybe 30 year old but he has cerebral palsy i believe it is and so he's one that he is capable of going to the bathroom on his own but sometimes because of his disability he just can't make it in time so he likes the products that don't necessarily have as much absorbency, but it's there to catch the accidents. And he's told me, you know, he's open about it and likes to be, make people aware of, hey, this is a need. This isn't, you know, it's not, doesn't need to be hidden because it does kind of have a stigma with it. Like, oh my goodness, you wear a diaper. So there are people like that too, that just have, it's it's needs that they're, they'll never overcome just based on how their body is. Yeah, does that answer your question? I it does. And it's, okay. I know it's always uh, an increasing conversation in some of the groups. People, like, it, it can't be cheap to have to diaper an adult. Right. Time well, and I will incontinence say, problems. Right. And I, and I would say, generally speaking, from what I know, people obviously don't share everything with me. 
it's yeah. generally urinary incontinence. It's not, I mean, most people, if you're, if you're older and have fecal incontinence, most people don't want to deal with that. It's disposable. It's much better, <laughs> but I don't know too many that do that. Um, I will say like one of my regular newer, well, newer within last year customers, she's one that I mentioned. She, her daughter outgrew kind of what she was able to find in the general cloth diapering world. And I don't recall how she found us, but she did. And her daughter has a unique, it's uh, some sort of unique type of like diabetes or something where she, and this is way more information than people want to know, but basically the, the, to make sure that her body was processing stuff, they, they had to smell the diaper and you could, there was a difference in the smell of the urine, but with disposable diapers, it was masking the smell because they're designed to, right. you know, absorb odors. Mm-hmm. And so it, she couldn't do that. It, it really didn't work for what they need to. And I don't know if she has to do that all the time, but it was kind of one of those, you know, it was a sign of, of a problem if there was something came up and her daughter's nonverbal. And so it's, there's no way to know kind of what's going on. So for her, she needed cloth diapers, but then it also comes on the other end of insurance covers disposable diapers for people with disabilities. I don't, I haven't found a way yet to, to see how insurance will, sometimes it will cover depends on what you have. You know, I have people that will submit stuff and get receipts from me, but, um, but for them, it was a, it was a decision of this is better for our daughter, but insurance will cover this. So which one is better for us financially and all those things. So it's, it is a, you know, a long, long term, it's cheaper. We know to do diapering, especially if your child's not ever going to outgrow it, but I'll grow the diaper, but not the, the needs. And I guess a lot of people, people choose the cloth diaper for different reasons. And even if they have right. covering, they might, they might still choose to do it. Yeah. And some do some choose. Yeah. Some do choose. And it really goes both ways. I have, like I said, I have a few that have told me it, it, they prefer the cloth really for me, I would think comfort wise. Yeah. Right. Like I, I don't know about you. I wouldn't want to wear a disposable diaper for life. (laughs) No, even like if you think disposable feminine hygiene products, I'm like, that's like three days of torture if I have. Right. Yeah. Disposable feminine hygiene. Oh yeah. Well, and I couldn't imagine. I mean, yeah, you hear about, you know, bed sores and all that kind of stuff. And I can't imagine having to be in disposable life, like lifelong or, you know, even if it's a temporary thing, like I just, I can't imagine, but I know that it's more of a caregiver choice sometimes is they don't want to deal with it than the patient themselves, depending on who it is or the, or the person wearing them. You mentioned earlier, one of your, one of your customers mostly uses it for accidents, like not necessarily mm-hmm. for catching full peas. My question here was about juggling the absorbency needs of adults and older children versus toddlers. Yes. A, a struggle that you find mm-hmm. that your customers face compared to maybe baby diapering? Um, sometimes, I will say, honestly, my knowledge of baby diapering is not real strong. I did not diaper my first one mostly because I was sewing for Ruth, the, the original owner here. And she, she had a bunch that she gave me her kids at the time. She didn't have kids in them or they were ones that she wasn't using or something. And, and I used them. I enjoyed the concept and I enjoyed using them. And there was a season for about six months where it was just for us. We, it was just, you know, we didn't want to spend the money on diapers. So we used them and my husband absolutely hated it. He just thought it was gross. And that's, I get it. Like I get that it can be gross. He didn't have to deal with them or touch them, but he still didn't like it. So, um, and I had a son who literally, he was just an extreme heavy wetter. And, and so I probably didn't do things right on my end because it was such a limited knowledge then 10 years ago. But I will say my customers every once in a while, like I just had someone that was emailing back and forth. And of course it was someone in like England. So it was harder to like 
be able to just keep something we'll ship back and forth if they find a product's not working i don't mind paying the shipping but to england that's a little more expensive so i just sent him a new product and said don't worry about it but he had one but they had one that was um uh one of the brief style and those ones since they have the elastic on the edges that can tend to leak a little bit more so it depends on the absorbency but it really they you know and it depends and i will say my my overseas customers don't always buy the inserts from us they'll use what they can find so that's harder for me to manage or regulate and i understand because our hemp inserts which is our our main inserts we sell are, are fairly heavy when it comes to to shipping costs it adds a lot on that and so when i've shipped them overseas it's pretty expensive and so that's one thing for them so it is harder to regulate on that end but generally speaking i i for the amount of happy customers to the amount that do have questions about leaking problems. I think it's more of a, they probably just sleep in an odd position or occasionally my son, I have a four-year-old that still wets the bed almost every night. Um, and when I do have him in cloth, the, the, you know, our, I use a couple of different ones for him. He almost always leaks out, but he sleeps on his belly. And I think it just all comes straight out the top. Like it doesn't have room to go anywhere because of yeah. how he sleeps. <laughs> And I have tried a few, I've tried different things, even in disposable diapers, because I had someone that gave me some that their kids had outgrown. He leaks out of those and they're completely full. They absorb, but he still leaks out of them. So juggling yeah. absorbency though, hasn't been like a big complaint. Like that's not the reason people. Not really. I will or... say like with the, um, not really. I, I haven't had it as a, as a big complaint. I mean, I'll get people to ask, they'll ask questions and I respond and then I don't hear back from them. So I'm assuming they get it figured out. Part of it is just getting the initial washing done to make sure it's absorbent. But we did recently switch over um, the hemp, the material we buy for the hemp inserts. I uh, came across the fact that this company sells it wash, like pre-washed or not. And so we were buying the non-pre-wash stuff, which takes like eight washes in a hot cycle to get it all the oils out and cleaned and ready for absorbency. So I switched over for $2 a yard extra. They'll pre-wash it for you. So that saves a lot of steps that I think helps with the absorbency right away and people aren't questioning it for the first round, you know? Um, so that helps. And then I do, I will say like in the adult all-in-one briefs, we only offer them in the all-in-one or in the brief style. So that's more of like, more of the underwear styles and it's a lot more discreet those we and we say on there they're for light absorbency daytime use maybe you're just you know at a meeting somewhere or so you know not for like i'm going to be in the car for a four-hour drive that is not that kind of thing it's more of just a or for you know catching accidents things like that but we try to let people know they're not designed for for high 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 amount of absorbency but we are working on it we have a couple of things in the works for for switching over to a different different style insert and actually hopefully maybe coming up with a hybrid version that's an all-in-one but also a pocket so you can add to it but I'm not sure yet. Tell us about your manufacturing process. You are using seamstresses in their homes versus going overseas yeah. or other options. Why have you chosen this and how does it look we, like? Um, right now that's just how it has gone all along and to be honest I'm kind of at a crossroads where I need to decide if I want to switch over and try the overseas thing. I've had people that are like, oh yeah, it's like, I would always pay more knowing that it's made by people, you know, supporting local moms and doing this, even though they're not local to me. I mean, the number of customers I have in the state of Washington versus the rest of the country and the world 
is very small. I would say less than 10% of my customers are even from the state of Washington, let alone local to where I am. But I still get people across the country that like to know that they're supporting small business and that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which I get, you know, I'm a small business. I've had a previous small business. I like that people support that. However, I do see the need and it would be nice to be able to meet the need of my customers at a lower price point. Um, but I just recently, like, you know, we've been in it about a year and a half and my husband and I are like, well, we can take it that next step and try and, you know, go to a bigger overseas thing, um, and see, but I just haven't quite gotten there. So anyhow, so to back up currently I have, let's see one, I have three that sew our pocket diapers and then I have two. So there's five that sew the brief style diapers. And then a couple of those overlap and do our accessories and one of them does cutting. And, and then I have another girl that does all of our snapping now, now that I'm out of commission, I used to do the cutting and snap. So the five though, that, that so for me are all work at home moms, they, it is nice to be able to support them. And they're, um, one of them is the oldest daughter of Ruth who started the business. So she's been part of the company since the beginning. She, she knows how it is. And now she has two of her own kids that are in diapers. So, and then I have one that's been doing it, I think about five or six years. She can never remember how long ago she started, but she's been doing it for a while. And then one that I just, I actually started, she started cutting for me and now does both cutting and sewing. Cause I stopped sewing now that I took over. So anyhow, we, it is nice to support that, but I definitely go back and forth on even doing a local, you know, opening a warehouse for lack of a better term, a small, you know, fat ma- a manufacturing facility could be an option, but I also homeschool my kids and kind of like doing that. And I have two little kids that, you know, that aren't in school yet. So I couldn't, even if we wanted to switch something, it's, it's kind of a hard crossroad. So, so we're getting there. I'm working on it. And I don't know, honestly, I don't know what people prefer and what would be better for us. It's a hard, it's a hard decision to make. Yeah. And manufacturing is daunting. I know I've talked to a few guests on the show who've gone mm-hmm. over to like they produce overseas and just a lot of work. It can be a lot. Yeah. Of well, and that's my, that's where I'm at. And, and to, my husband's from El Salvador, his family still lives down there. And so part of me is like, I know things like, I think it's um, Haynes or somebody, one of the major or fruit of the loom, I think it is, is, is produced in El Salvador. So I know they have manufacturing companies down there. So I'm like, I could go there and actually have family probably working for us, you know, like do the whole family thing. So it's slightly less daunting, but still overwhelming to think about. So I'm like, well, it just would be such a huge thing and really be probably take way more hours than than I'm mentally prepared for at this moment but I, I would love I, I would honestly really the bottom line is that I would love to be able to offer the product to people at a lower pro- price point because I've had I, I literally had somebody email me probably like a year ago that was like I really love your product it's better than anything else I found but I can find this other product for cheaper but I, I feel like in their email they basically said yeah I'll have to buy it more frequently because it doesn't hold up so in the long run, it's the same cost, but you know, in a monthly budget when you or a yearly budget, even when you only have so many dollars and I get that, that's how our family lives. We can't afford, you know, like our, our largest size diaper is $52 for one diaper and that's without the insert. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Those are expensive, but we also live our, our local community where I'm paying, I mean, I'm paying our seamstresses get paid per piece. Minimum wage is like 1150 an hour. So it, it does add up to the cost of per diaper. I mean, some diapers, some, some of our products you can make about four in an hour, really, or four, maybe five if you're pretty quick and you know, on it in a groove. But on the larger sizes, you're only getting two to three done in an hour. 
you know, so you cost in the material, just the materials and the labor, it, it adds up. So overseas, not that I like the concept of paying people less money, but I know that that's just cost of living. You can get away with, I know I could save money and, and offer that to my customers. So what sets Snappies apart from other brands? So you're saying you're, you are a more expensive product, but why should we choose Snappies versus maybe a bum genius bigger or an apple cheek size four? Well, or um, I think to well, be honest, Right. That's the thing is what sets us apart really is that we offer sizes that most companies don't offer. <laughs> um, the only other one I'm aware of, and I haven't ever seen or, you know, touched, felt their product. I've just seen it online is super undies. Um, but they're a pretty different style product. Theirs is more of a, definitely more of an underwear with the waterproof. Um, I don't know that it's the waterproof layer throughout or just in the wet zone area. Um, I know they are some larger ones that do snap on and off but they're definitely a different style when you look at it to me when I look at it it looks like underwear I don't look at it and think oh that's a cloth diaper for adults which they both have their you know pros and cons I'm sure and so they're the only other company I know of in the U.S. that's that's making something similar um so I think that's to me that's what sets it apart but there are there are large adult cloth diapers you can buy that fit in with the Chinese cheapies type of Thing. but again when customers have told me about them they're you know they last for about the cost you know they don't last as long or hold up as well I'm not like I said I'm not as familiar with even the larger sizes in the kids brand that my focus is more on those sizes that just aren't available at all to most people um but uh, yeah. so from the sounds of it you're really the only one in the industry that you know of making that I know of. Yeah. And I know, I know there are people that just make them, you know, for like, they know how to make diapers so they make them bigger for people, but no larger business is doing it. I think there's rears in Canada. Okay. R-E-A-R-Z. I believe is the one in Canada that I've heard. That sounds somewhat familiar. And I will say it's a little bit, it's a little awkward to search for cloth diapers on the internet, adult size cloth diapers. (laughs) Yes. Because they're, there's a whole under subculture of people that wear them for fun and I'll leave it at that but when I first started honestly just like when I opened our Instagram account you know I kind of like searched some hashtags thinking oh I'll just find some followers it's a little weird um (laughs) and so you know even with a name like Rears you think oh great but it's you know so but I have found some I, I had found somebody that's a YouTube blogger that I think kind of crosses over into both communities. I think she needs them for incontinence, but also crosses over some because other people were like, yeah, I wasn't sure when you posted that video because I sent her a product to do an updated review she had done one years ago. And so I had a few people that were like, I wasn't sure I wanted to click on that video. (laughs) It's like, okay, good to know. So is is that one of the biggest challenges that you're finding with with writing? For me, is like I... Yeah, like I mentioned, I have, I tried doing the whole Instagram brand ambassador type of thing or brand reps. And one of them is a mom, you know, her daughter has has special needs. And she told me, she's like, yeah, I started doing this. But, you know, like when she made it, I don't know if her account had been private before, but she had made it public and she was getting all of these people adding her. She's like, but I wasn't sure. I mean, I have a few, there aren't too many that really comment or do stuff very often that I notice as awkward or weird on our Instagram account. I just, sometimes, you know, you just read their name and you're like, I'm pretty sure I don't want to follow them back. Um, <laughs> thankfully, most of them are private anyway. Like if I have clicked on this, like, yeah, I don't need to know. But I do find it, it's a hard thing to search for online 
you either find, you know, medical supply companies and it's disposable. I've contacted them about trying to do wholesale stuff. And it's like, yeah, I find that it's not, um, you know, the cloth diaper thing really is, that's just not what works for them, you know, which I get, that's, that's fine. It's a medical supply company. They want people that are going to buy over and over and over again, not people that are going to buy once and be set for the next few years. So, and I'm sure that's not their reason. It's kind of a, a hard, a hard place to market, I should say. Yes. And trying to find yeah. like safe lines on something yeah. that I think is totally innocent, but there right. are other sides to it yes yeah which is why it's a little awkward thought yeah <laughs> who who knew right like you're like oh yeah oh i know diaper. yeah it was especially on instagram when you're not just searching like words you're searching and pictures come up <laughs> uh, you really like, oh, gotta like, figure out i guess how to tap into what that um social well and the hard and I, needs really is right like, right well and the hard thing is there are people in that community that will buy our product, you know? And so not, and I'm, and I don't want to say that I don't, I, I, I'm fine with them buying it. That's fine. I just know that I, I would really like to meet the market of people that need our product because we do ship all over the world. I've shipped to, I don't know how many countries. And so there is a big need for it probably worldwide, even more than we're getting of it. Obviously paying for shipping is a, a huge cost. I have somebody in Japan that she always asked me to like mark her, um, her customs thing as that she paid less just because of how much she has to pay on her end when she receives the package, mm-hmm. you know, with all of the duty and stuff, um, or whatever other fees they're tacking on. I don't, I know other countries are different. Yes, yeah, so we get it. Yeah. Every time yeah. Things come to me in Canada. It's a lot of fees. Yeah. And so it's one of those where she's always like, yeah, can you just say that I only spent a hundred dollars and, you know, and, and there are certain, and it's every country's different. Some countries, you know, I can put on there, it's for medical use and then they don't have to pay for it. But mm-hmm. some people, they don't want people to know what they're buying. And so they're okay with paying the fees. And so it's like this little song and dance every time you do shipping of like, well, is it okay if I put that it's medical supplies or what I'm hearing though, is that you're, you're willing to work with your customers and meet them where they need yeah. you. Hey? And yes. you're shipping everywhere. That, that's cool. Yes, that's our that's our goal. Yeah, and the funny yeah. thing is, though, being that you're from Canada, is I we're literally like ten minutes from. And I asked them, I was like, yeah, I wondered if it would be cheaper for me to save up Canadian orders, you know, once a month, just cross the border yeah. and ship from there. And she said, no, it's not. Shipping from Canada to other places in Canada can be more expensive than shipping from the U.S. to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? That's weird. Yeah. How do you find? I know you mentioned already that you are homeschooling mom of four kids. So how are you finding time to juggle or? or- self-care that's a that's a great question we we are part of a a program through our school district that's it's an alternative learning experience is what they call it and so the kids do take classes once a week which helps and then it also helps me keep accountable to making sure we're getting school done because I have to turn in reviews um so I love that because they they maintain everything you know make sure that I'm on track and doing it all and only two of my kids are in school the younger ones are not old enough yet so that helps too. I'm, I'm, I'm really a homeschooling mom of two plus two, <laughs> but I do have like right now my shop, my office, you know, it, what separates my office from the kid's room. It's, it's a big loft where the kid's room is and where they do school is just my cutting table. So I can sit on the computer and I can sit and do work while they're doing school. And we just kind of, you know, some moms fold laundry while their kids do school. I do work while they do school <laughs> but it is nice that it's at home it's a home business so I don't have to go to an office somewhere and work and 
and I rarely have to stay up late. You know, it's, it, that is the nice thing that all of the manufacturing is not done by me. It's mostly all the computer work that I do. Um, and I can, you know, I have all the inventory here, but I, I am able to manage it by not, it's not all on me personally, which is nice because otherwise it would never get done. Any yeah, of it, not, but, but the kids, mm-hmm. you're not doing all the manufacturing. You're, you're really just running the business, which not that it's not a done. It does. Yes. And I could, I could literally spend eight hours a day in my office doing that, <laughs> but I don't. And that's fine. That's, that's where we come into the, what's best for my family you know, do I want it to be a huge business or do I want it just to be enough to work for us and for my customers? You know, we're, we're kind of at that crossroads. And I will say my two that are in school right now are, they're nine and 10 and a half. So they're, they're fairly independent, even from being homeschooled, you know, I can tell them what they need to work on and they can work on it. And so it's not, you know, not quite at the teachings them to read stage where it's a hundred percent hands-on with me for, for hours, but, but beauty of homeschool is really you only need to spend about two to three hours a day versus a full day of school like most kids would be in because it's one-on-one and we can get it done and we aren't don't have the same distractions of a classroom and and everybody needed to needing to go to the bathroom but you know all those little things that that make a school day longer you know we're able to do that and we're able to take it with us so if we you know if we're out and about doing other things you know we do a lot of schooling on the road if it were where you know it's real world practical learning and not just book work so so we make it work for us right now <laughs> do you ever do you take time for you do you have hobbies what are your hobbies me i <laughs> well we do i i do have hobbies i don't do a lot of you know independent things yet but that's fine cuz i actually i actually enjoy my children we do have fun together and we have 5 acres so okay. i i have a garden that's almost done but I, I attempt this year's garden was kind of pathetic because of the elbow. I couldn't do a lot of weeding, but, um, but it does, we have some, you know, berries that are seasonal. I mean, they're, they're ever bearing stuff. So we get them every year so that I don't have to do much, but I can still enjoy the the fruits of the garden that are doing its own thing. But we do that at home. But then I am, um, we do a lot with our church too. So we're, that's, that's something else I, you know, do every, as we have important Bible to study tonight. And do a lot yeah. So we're there and, and that's a nice, you know, easy to get away or, you know, we have lots of play dates with I, a lot of my friends homeschool their kids as well. And so that's a nice thing is during the week we can get together and the kids can play and we can have mom time and, um, or they can come over here and run around in the backyard because we've got a big yard and, and we get the mom time in. We like to entertain. So it's, it works. We it get works. It all done. So you mentioned yeah. earlier that you, you didn't really get into snappies because it's snap easy because you were mm-hmm. diapering that kind of came afterwards so what's your why for being the owner of snap easy and what keeps you going each day with running this business I enjoy being able to help people find what works for them previous to this my mom and I owned a bridal consignment store for about four years and that's the kind of the same thing is just finding people what they need you know the beauty of consignment is that you're getting things for much cheaper but you're getting a good quality product so we're able to find help brides find what they needed at their price point and it's kind of the same thing now there are people that you know I've I've done occasionally I've done things that are somewhat custom to the person you know I had one regular customer for a long time that was kind of stocking up on stuff and he really liked the brief style but they were a little bit too low for him and I knew he was a regular customer and so we were able because because we have them made, you know, on a weekly basis by our seamstresses, I'm able to ask, you know, the specific seamstress, hey, can you make these this much longer and this much bigger? And we're able to meet their needs because for him, 
the brief style is more it's more discreet but the the way he's built it was too it was not covering enough on him comfortably you know so i like being able to meet those needs of the customers um cerebral palsy and for him pulling somehow the way his hands work unsnapping the diaper having the snaps in front like the back pan you know back flap comes around and snaps in the front for him it's easier to do it the opposite where the front pulls around and snaps at the back or towards the hips and to me I'm not sure why that's easier but for him it was and he had he had one diaper made that way and said hey can you do this and we can on one product because the snaps are put on at the end on our pocket diapers I can't really reverse it just the way they're sewn the snaps go on first and it would be too much work but for him he was really excited about that because it's just functionally it's easier for him and I think almost to the point of it would be less likely he'd have an accident because he can unsnap it easier and he's one that's wheelchair bound so it's nice to be able to meet their needs yes that's that's a great answer that's a great yeah. answer. where <laughs> okay. can people find you on the web where can people order your products we all currently it's all through our website which is just snap hyphen easy the letters easy.com and then we're on facebook and instagram but it's all the ordering is through our website or you can email us if you don't see something you know if there's a color that's not in stock let us know I am working, hopefully, on getting wholesale stuff out there. So if you know of a place that you think would be a great fit, I would love to find, you know, people that are, their businesses that are doing that kind of thing. It's kind of a hard, a hard market to find for wholesale, you know, brick and mortar type places, but we'd love to do that too. So, But that would be an amazing opportunity to get into brick yeah. and mortar, right? You can really bring yes. more communities that aren't necessarily an online. Right. Well, and just to be able to see it before you buy it is, is a nice thing to be able to do. So that's kind of our next, our next step, hopefully. Yes. I'll include the links to her website and socials on the show notes for this episode. And yeah, I never know who's listening. So maybe somebody out there does know brick and mortar. What would be your biggest piece of advice for moms listening to the show right now? Um, you know, I think just keep trying is the thing for, especially, you know, people that are committed to something like cloth diapering, there is a product out there. It may not be ours. It may be some other business, some other, you know, there's always something new. And so it, you just keep looking, keep trying, you'll find something. And if not ask us, because I do, we do like doing the custom stuff to make it work for you. So that's a good one. My input. Okay. <laughs> a couple of my shows this uh-huh. past month, I feel, has been exactly that ask us question is we don't, we feel, we feel like we're going to burden somebody else if we ask for them to help us out, but that's really right. sometimes their purpose in life. And so they would love it if they, yeah. if you reached out. Yeah. Cause we don't, we yeah. Out. Right. And we don't know the needs that are the needs that aren't being met unless people ask the questions. So yeah. You know, I would never think to put snaps going the opposite direction, but there are people out there that it helps. So things like that, you just never know until they ask. So So keep providing Stephanie with feedback. Yes. Every time I talk to a homeschooling mama, it just makes me want to homeschool my kids. But I know that I really need a break from my kids and I'm not sure that's going to work out. But regardless, it was so much fun to talk to Stephanie today from Snap Easy. I was so grateful to have this opportunity to have this conversation and I learned a lot. I didn't even really learn a lot about, there's a whole industry here about plus size diapers, I guess, or diapers for adults. But there's also a lot of information she shared about getting her business going and figuring out her business 
and being a mama entrepreneur and meeting the needs of her customers. So yeah, soak it all in. Go check her out online. If you know somebody, drop that line, drop that email link. It's not an email link, it's a website link. And help spread the word because this is how we can keep her in business. And just, it makes my heart full every time we know somebody like does a little happy dance when a, when like a product ships probably. Hey, so next week's episode might be delayed. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm about to go off to a big conference called Blistem in Toronto. I am going to this blogger conference. My husband and I decided that I needed a break from parenting and motherhood. And I kind of do. Anyways, find us on the web, clothdiaperpodcast.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest now at Cloth Diaper Podcast. And don't forget to join our Cloth Diaper group, Cloth Diaper Addict, Addicts. And if you would like to be on the Cloth Diaper Podcast, send me an email. That's really the best way to connect. And I can set up a date and time and we can have a chat. We can have an interview. We can just bicker about cloth diapering. If you have something that you're passionate about, let me know. If you want to advertise your brand or you want me to review a diaper, let me know. If you have a topic, also send that to me. If you have a topic that you want me to, you can just like slide that into my DMs. But if you're talking about um, scheduling an interview, my email is the best place because then I can remember to see it. And I'm at bailey at clothdiaperpodcast.com. And I hope to see you next week. Bye.